0: The Next big evolution I see, and it's not just payroll, I think it's massively connected to the HR landscape as well, is the whole sovereignty of data and moving from an employer-centric HR model to actually an employee-centric. I am me. I own my data. My data lives with me it's validated, it's certified, and that's where blockchain and those types of things will will kick in more and more. So in HR, and actually not having centralized systems as prevalent in the HR lifecycle, that you actually port your HR passport with you, um, which includes the payroll aspect, of course, as you progress in your career. Welcome to the payroll podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group Specialist Payroll Recruiters. Now, whether you're listening to this for the first time or the 50th time, Please let me take this opportunity first to say thank you for joining me on the podcast. But please also, if you have an opportunity, recommend it to your friends, share it with your colleagues, and please review and subscribe to it on iTunes or your favorite podcast channel. Of course, if you enjoy it, it's best that we share that enjoyment with everybody else. who want to get the message out there, let's raise the profile of payroll together. So anyway, on the way to today's guest, I'm joined today by Chief Product Officer of Amedis, Richard Limkin. Now for those of you not familiar with Amedis, and Richard I'm sure will tell us more about them as well as we go through, they provide consolidated global payroll solutions for clients covering the complete end-to-end payroll cycle across over 150 countries. Now, as Chief Product Officer, Richard has over 20 years of focused experience in the human capital management and global payroll technology space, and over the past four years at Amidas, he's been focused on improving the efficiency of the global payroll process for clients worldwide. Now, being at the cutting edge of global payroll tech, I've been really excited and keen to get Richard onto the show because I want to talk about some of the exciting innovations that are impacting payroll at the moment, in particular, the idea of a touchless payroll operation. So who better to welcome to the show and to talk about all the things touchless payroll? Richard, welcome. How are you doing?
0: Hey, Nick, how are you? Thanks ever so much for having me in.
1: No, I'm delighted. I'm really excited. It's a concept that's a little bit you know over my head as well. So I'm really excited to get into the nitty-gritty of it. Is touched as pale possible? Let's find out. But before we get into that, before we deep dive, I wondered if you could just tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit more about your journey into Pale at the moment, particularly how it paved you to joining me today on the show.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, like, wow. there's some introduction. Thank you for that. Um, I suppose my journey into payroll is probably not dissimilar to a lot of people who end up as professionals in payroll. It probably wasn't entirely planned. So I would have started off my, I suppose my early studies would have been around around a huge amount of science, uh, physics, quantum mechanics, um, a lot of stuff that was really heavily mathematical and statistical. And I got, a guess, about two years into that and realized that was not what I loved doing. <laughs> um, and I guess it's a, it's a symptom of having been educated in the UK. You end up really narrow really quickly. And you kind of don't get the sideways choices that you quite often get uh, in other systems. So I kind of very quickly decided that what I really want to do, what I'm passionate about, is helping solve business challenges. And I was able to shift really quickly through my early stage career in management consulting, focused very much on solving really complicated technology-related HR challenges for global multinationals as part of Deloitte. Um, That's where I really got stuck into payroll. And it was that link between HR and payroll And really seeing payroll as a really clean byproduct of good HR, that's where I really kind of focused in on payroll and found that that's where it really leveraged a lot of the stuff that I was passionate around in terms of deep data and actually understanding how you can use data to make better decisions. But the human element of that and never losing that piece of it, that's really what got me into payroll. And then that led on into getting really deep into domestic payroll technology but again, seeing there's so much more opportunity to solve more challenging problems at a global scale, domestic and global, are very, very different in terms of the payroll landscape. Sure. So being able to pivot on that was just, you know, it's been an amazing opportunity, first of all, but actually getting to unpick some big problems for some of the biggest organizations in the world, that's that's where I see a lot of the fun.
1: Amazing. Cool. So let's talk then about touch as far. I want to get straight into it. I think it's gonna be quite a big subject area. Obviously, I've seen as a recruiter in this payroll space, the growth of Amidus and its brand, you know, it's been stratospheric in terms of where you few several years ago to where you are now. And I know that touchless payroll is something that you're really passionate about. So tell me a little bit more about the concept of touchless payroll and what it actually means in reality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the, the first starting point, Nick, is, I, I guess, trying to differentiate between what we would consider to be domestic payroll and global. Like, domestic is really well on the journey to being touchless. We kind of in, in most situations now, you see things input through a HR business process or through workforce management and flow seamlessly into payroll calculation all the way through to payslip and payment execution. That challenge at a global scale is entirely different. The, the technical landscape, the operational landscape across jurisdictions is so much more um, complex and, and sophisticated in every facet that actually solving and getting to that same level of simplicity at a global scale is just a different beast. So being able to provide that same level of quality of service and certainty and execution around global payroll that you would see in, in a very standard domestic payroll, that's what it's really about. How do you get from something going in to being in somebody's account with no intervention, no human intervention? That's really what Touchless is. And the biggest driver in that is time. It's giving people yeah. and payroll time back to do value-add.
1: It's one of those things, though, where we've seen a lot in the news. We've seen BBC studies. Actually, I think it was a Deloitte study that BBC actually published many okay. moons ago about automation and the fear of automation coming in. You know, we talk a lot about RPA or for those not familiar, robotic process automation. And it's something that I've discussed with quite a few guests on the show as well. There is some fear around automation and a touchless payroll service, particularly if you Definitely. work in payroll. Tell me how, how you're using RPA. How is, how is it being used in global payroll?
0: Yeah, I, I guess probably the key thing is just setting the, setting the scene of the landscape a little bit. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like any, anything, anything that is maybe not as well understood can instill a little bit of fear. And that's a big part of any change journey for an organization. But really, like I, I see these things in, in as simpler form as possible. And like I know on, on your own website, Nick, you, you've got Einstein on the front of it. But Einstein was the guy who, who coined the phrase very much so that if, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it. And and that's really a big piece of understanding what RPA is and what artificial intelligence is and how it can be applied. They're kind of two separate things. And if you take RPA in isolation, it's really just using tools to make things go a little bit faster and more efficient. And the simplest form of an RPA could just be an Excel macro. It doesn't mean you're not still executing something in excel it doesn't mean the same outcomes don't occur but it does mean you don't have to do a whole load of manual stuff in the middle which may or may not be repeated correctly by by somebody doing it but also is there any value in the person doing it does that person actually want to be doing that thing or do they actually get distracted by it and not get to what they need to so that's really what rpa is about it's, it's about applying tooling In most cases, some kind of robotic automation to take away the manual tasks to to basically automate a process. RPA is all about automating a process, whereas AI is very much focused about using data. And and they're two separate things. But really, particularly in payroll and, and especially in global payroll, it's the combination of both that becomes really important. You can automate a manual process, but the system will only go as fast as an already broken manual process. And what okay. we're really focusing on is how do you eliminate that manual process? How do you really go to a true root cause and actually re-engineer the whole architecture of global payroll to not have to automate bad stuff?
1: From a global payroll perspective, then, what are some of the examples of you know where you've, you've gone and you've been able to introduce some, some RPA processes, if that's the right word, you've changed the way that it's currently working to improve efficiency? Are there some examples of where you're utilizing that and what you, you know, some of the things you're doing with clients at the moment?
0: Yeah, we we see it all the time, Nick, um, particularly with new business customers, where you've talked already before about the the automation that's happened in the HCM space. And especially, again, at a global stage with tier one HCM providers, that's really provided the foundation of good input into payroll. And what that's allowed us to do is rather than automating that kind of classic payroll model in global where you're extracting information and reports and populating change templates and passing those across into a process, which is typically where you might apply RPA to make that piece go a little bit quicker, to actually be able to reach into the upstream systems and actually synchronize systems rather than taking something out, passing it across, automating it in, actually reaching out and pulling in real time what's actually required with surgical precision down to data field level what do we actually need to know specific to the country specific to the person and their circumstance to actually get the full picture of this person from multiple sources it could be the hcm platform it could be time management quite often at global stage its benefits provision as well and to actually get that consolidated single picture without the clunky moving parts and that's where we've been able to hugely help organizations with that, quite often at the onboarding stage of new joiners, where there's a lot of information required that's really legislative specific for that jurisdiction. And to actually make that simple, to turn it into something that's not complex for the payroll administrator in in the customer organization, so that they don't have to be the expert in each country, but to actually provide them with a completely seamless and consistent global payroll process, even though, you know, as you know yourself, underneath the different components are very different depending on what country you're dealing with.
1: Sure. So do you think we're moving, if we haven't already, moving away from what is known the traditional <laughs> payroll as we know it? And if we are, what is the visual of how you would term perhaps a modern Payroll or contemporary payroll operation?
0: Yeah, I, I think like it, it's a slow change. It, it's definitely a slower change than the accelerate, the massive acceleration that happened in in the HR environment, both in terms of technology and modernising of practice. But payroll is absolutely evolving. Um, it's evolving partially because of a lot of the underpinning technology becoming much more effective, but yeah. also also because of scale and globalisation, the ability to just isolate things down and say, well, look, I'll just look after the UK payroll or the US payroll and um, there's less and less organizations that work that way so many um, organizations are multinational and moving in that space that you have to be able to consistently solve the problems that are different in each jurisdiction in in a seamless way and in a way that allows the business to scale without something as simple as payroll. And payroll, Like you can say it's simple, but it's complex when you get into the weeds of it. But in in a way that that's not the preventative thing to the business and the organization growing. So what I've really seen a massive shift in, particularly in terms of, of the roles in payroll, we're constantly seeing more and more drive towards a data centric organization in our customer environments. I've seen customers and partner organizations grow entire global payroll teams with very few deep, deep payroll experts in each jurisdiction. What they've actually built the team around is, is people who are very data savvy and understand good, consistent process. And then it's really being able to analyze and control the data at that level that allows you to provide a consistent outcome to the employee. And that's purely like the actual calculation of payroll is more and more dependent on the underlying technology and not the need of the person to calculate it.
1: That's quite interesting. People are listening to this going, oh, no, what about my manual payroll skills? You know, they're important. right? We need that. So let's, let's talk about that. It just, I would definitely want to get into the analytics piece because for me, that's very much the future of payroll. It's where we're moving towards. But you said absolutely. So if I'm a payroll professional listening to this going, well, you know, does that make my manual skills redundant? How would you counter that?
0: No, I think what it actually does is it completely changes the dynamic. It lets you elevate your skills and it actually gives opportunity outside of what would have been a classic boundary. If, if, your, if your expertise is deep in a particular country's payroll, um, and, and that's a phenomenal skill set to have, that ability to manage a large, large amount of data, to be constantly time bound and, and to know what a pressure environment is. Like There's arguably very few places in business where the repetitiveness of payroll and the immovable deadline piece is, is so profound found, you've now got the ability to transfer that into other jurisdictions or at a much grander scale in a global organization. And and the same skill set you have at a local level becomes totally relevant at a global scale. But actually, the barriers to transferring across different jurisdictions and being able to do that are getting lower and lower as the global payroll process is becoming standardized and as you can apply the tools and techniques underneath to mean that your skill set is completely horizontally applicable as well.
1: I think it's it's a really interesting way of putting it. I, I, I don't disagree, by the way. I think, you know, working in recruitment, one thing we've seen now, the new talent global currency, if you like, is all in soft skills. Isn't the ability yeah. to analyze data, to problem solve, to be creative, to be flexible and to, you know, they're the skills that will stay with you for life that you can transition throughout your entire career journey and you can develop them. And hard skills now we know with whether it's qualification based or whether it's with a particular system. Systems and things are advancing so fast that a hard skill that's relevant now might not be relevant in a couple of years, but those soft skills still will be. So I think you're absolutely right that the data analytical skills that payroll professionals have are, st- are going to be incredibly valuable in whatever guise the payroll profession takes over time, it's still going to be really, really relevant. And you, you you touched upon analytics. I think that's a really exciting area for payroll professionals of the future. How can we leverage the power of analytics better to really raise the profile of what the work that we're doing to, to find cost nice. savings, improvements? I always say, make payroll profitable is how I would angle it. But you know, you're obviously seeing the growing importance of data analytics from your perspective, being a you know a, a tech-based analytical company that's looking at lots of data all the time. So, how are you seeing data and analytics impact the global payroll process strategically, question one. And question two would be, once we cover that part, how could a global payroll professional then use that data more effectively to to, to drive the profile of the industry?
0: Yeah, br- brilliant question. I suppose the, the key thing, really, like, yeah, yes, we we do have very strong technology stand on global payroll, but service is a massive aspect of it as well. And I actually see the two things incredibly intertwined. Like, having really, really good data that you can slice and analyze is one part of it but having the knowledge to be able to use that data and to be able to actually execute things that are business beneficial and not potentially even what you thought they might be. I think that's the really different aspect about analytics. And like, again, it probably started for me with like a science background. You basically conduct an experiment and you kind of expect to know, you have a hypothesis, you know what the answer should or might be, but sometimes the really profound stuff is not what you set out to find. Like penicillin, for example, It's the bizarre byproduct that you never saw coming. It could be the outlier in a data set that actually it stops you dead and you think, actually, I was completely wrong, but there's actually something over there that is way more valuable. And what analytics is allowing us to do, particularly in global payroll, is to not go too far down a blind alley based on hunches or assumptions, to actually test as you go and see what's real, what's actually relevant, how do we apply it? to test and test and retest very, very quickly, and then pivot as a business um, based on what you find. And that can be reallocation of resources. It can be applying costs in different areas and seeing very quickly how that impacts the global picture. And that's the real beauty of analytics is it when, when you have, and, and back to the touchless piece, when you have that data at your fingertips and it is genuinely real time, and, and for us in Amidas, real time means within four seconds, That's that's what it is. So your analytics population is there as soon as the payroll is run. It's not a data warehouse populated later on. That's where you can actually really help customers make impactful decisions. And then you start to layer in other concepts around blending data and bringing things in from other sources. So you suddenly want to know, well, how is that impacted by gender or ethnicity? And concepts that like UK has been incredible in in terms of driving legislation around uh, gender pay gap and those types of things. Being able to take the concepts and then apply them at a global stage, and it might not be legislated there yet, but it doesn't mean it's not a good thing to do and a good thing to be able to drive proactively as an employer. So that's, that's where I, I really see some great, great stuff in analytics.
1: I totally agree. And you've touched upon as well another element, which is improving the relationship between HR and payroll as well, because a lot of these are HR-related areas. Payroll people need to better contextualize the data. That's where that knowledge comes in. You know, We're not talking about someone who just did exactly. it. Good on Excel, being able to run a global payroll because they've got data. You need that expertise you talked about earlier to be able to contextualize it to utilize that data in, in a worthy way. And you, maybe you spot that there's high absences where there's a lower global um, regional pay gap, for example, than there might be somewhere else. And you can kind of make those trends and, and, and really use that to, to improve performance of the whole business. And that's yeah. what excites me. You know, payroll now can really utilize the data that, 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 that companies like Amelia are generating for their for, for the businesses and actually improve the bottom line performance of a business, which is incredible. With the work that you're doing at the moment and the clients you're working with, obviously pure global footprint, what are some of the key differentiators then regarding how you're approaching global payroll problems compared to how maybe others are approaching payroll challenges?
0: Yeah, it's a super question. The key thing, first of all, that we've approached differently is we've gone both top down and bottom up. And what I mean by that is we've looked at the whole strategy around global payroll and what good looks like. But we've actually approached delivering that from the very bottom level data points. So if you look at payroll in its simplest form, payroll will only be right if the inputs are right. And I know that's a very simplistic way of saying it, but like if you start with bad data in or bad inputs into a payroll process you're predestined to not have the perfect outcome and and you know in, in your experience nick you know well like payroll doesn't have a margin of error it, it, it is binarily right or wrong and it's on time or it's not yeah. so that kind of subjectivity isn't allowable in payroll so we've gone right up into the upstream stuff and looked at how can you actually get every data point that you require in every jurisdiction to execute payroll accurately and to build a platform that actually automates that for the customer so they don't have to have that depth of granular knowledge in every single jurid- jurisdiction they're operating. That's just inherited by putting somebody into a payroll in the platform. So really simplifying that. But then the second piece is assuming that like nobody has perfect process, particularly in global multinationals, to have utterly harmonized, perfected HR process that nobody ever breaches and there's never a lack of conformity. Like show me any organization in the world that's cracked that and wow, hats off. So we've built everything based on that will never be perfect, but you've got to still achieve perfection in payroll despite that. And that's where like deep linking of systems and actually all the validation of data points right away from the start of the process has been fundamentally differently architected to, to the competitive market.
1: It's interesting you mentioned that because one of the questions I wanted to ask, which you wouldn't have known, is you know, there's there are obviously other global payroll providers out there, but I've heard a lot of payroll managers come back to me as a recruiter and say, Look, Nick, actually, there is no true global payroll provider that can do everything in every region. And there's always you know elements where it's just not possible. So if I threw that back at you and said, you know, can you cover every jurisdiction in every location? Would you answer say yes, actually, we are the first to be a true global peril that can do every country, or are there still Limitations in the model across you know across all the providers.
0: The the only limitations I'd throw out there would be blacklisted countries where we currently don't have any customers looking to do payroll there. Um, but yeah, I mean the short answer is yes, and that that's that's the beauty of architecting a platform that allows that and and also makes that simple for the customer. Now, I'll absolutely caveat that. Can we cover every conceivable scenario that anyone ever might want to do in every jurisdiction? Well, no, because sometimes legislation in that country actually does not allow what the customer wants to do. And that's the service aspect of it. Like, it's not as simple as system says no. It's the service layer to say, actually, that's not appropriate practice in that jurisdiction. And yes, you may globally want to provide that particular type of benefit to your employee base, but actually you're just not allowed to do that in Asia Pacific or there's a particular thing in Japan that stops you from being allowed to do that. So that kind of service layer is really important as well. But wherever things are legislatively possible, yes.
1: Great. So what what are then are the biggest challenges going forward? It sounds like you've got yourself in a pretty strong position. You know, you've, you may have potentially touched this for a global audience. What's the next biggest challenge that Amidas needs to either predict or you're potentially going to need to overcome? Yeah, I suppose there's
0: almost I might give two answers to that if that's okay I suppose the, the first the first challenge is, is helping customers on that journey um on, on the adoption of a global payroll footprint and helping them out of what is classically the case of lots of different disparate domestic behaviors so getting into that standardized process around global and that's where the change management aspect for any organization kicks in and we really try to, to help guide and support that through the process of, of implementing global But then in terms of future and future roadmap, I think that the next big evolution I see, and it's not just payroll, I think it's massively connected to the HR landscape as well, is the whole sovereignty of data and moving from an employer-centric HR model to actually an employee-centric. I am me. I own my data. My data lives with me it's validated, it's certified, and that's where blockchain and those types of things will, will kick in more and more. So in HR, and actually not having centralized systems as prevalent in the HR life cycle, that you actually port your HR passport with you, um, which includes the payroll aspect, of course, as you progress in your career.
1: Wow, so it's quite exciting. So would you say that's also the next big thing in payroll as well? Or is that something separate?
0: It's separate, but it's massively linked. What's happened in, in the HR payroll landscape over the last, arguably the last decade, 12, 13 years, that intrinsic link between HR and payroll, which you know, going back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I started my career in HR and payroll, they were quite often separate functions. And you would actually quite often have payroll might live under finance and they talk through a change file, even domestically, would talk through a change file once a month with HR they're now two parts of a, a complete end-to-end process. So, so it's actually impossible now to navigate one without fully considering the other and making sure that whatever you do, like what should you consider most, it's got to be the employee. Why are we doing any of this? Well, it's, it's got to be employee-centric to make sure that their experience is absolutely supreme and that that's the piece you're providing as the employer. They're your customer ultimately. So driving that behavior and thinking employee-centric is definitely, definitely a big evolution there.
1: I couldn't agree more I mean we're talking every every second webinar you see on the HR side is all about employee well-being and and inclusion and and engagement which is all real hot topics at the minute. What's the next big thing then specifically for payroll within payroll tech? So for example, I've got a call, which I'm really looking forward to on the podcast, which is going to be talking about paying employees in, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So there's yeah. lots of things happening behind the scenes. I don't know if we'll ever be fully adopted, but you're you're right in this space. So what do you think is the next big technological thing that's going to really impact the payroll industry?
0: There'll be lots of things on the journey, but what's really driving that? It, it's back to aspects of employee choice, which is part of well being having freedom of choice enhances well-being financial well-being is part of that bigger mental health and well-being aspect so those those drives towards technologies that enable and enhance that and um, being able to disaggregate when you're paid versus when pay is calculated daily pay calcs all those types of things early pay and um, they're not applicable everywhere and not every Jurisdiction will allow it. Not every employer will want to promote it. But there are situations where they're really, really important. And that's quite often based on economic circumstance. The US the economic landscape is entirely different to, to other jurisdictions, certainly Western Europe, entirely different. And certainly pay inequality drives the demand for some of those things. Sure. But being able to have that freedom of choice within the technology and within the service provision you're giving to your employees, I see that as the next biggest stage of this, that, that freedom to choose how the employee does things and for not to have the lowest common
1: denominator limiting others. Exciting to see actually. Well, last question before we open the vault, and Richard, if I can. Interesting from a recruitment perspective, we're seeing, particularly post pandemic and post COVID, that, that companies have been much more open now in the new virtual way of doing things to taking talent from places they'd never considered before. You know, we're not, yeah. we're no longer confined to the, the business culture of a single, you know, office location in London. Actually, if I need the right talent with the right skills, I can look further afield, not just in the UK, but globally. So, With that in mind, from a recruitment perspective, and we've seen huge shifts, are you then for anticipating that there can be a lot more clients now needing global payroll because of the new way of working post-COVID, because they are going to start halving talent from further reaching fields? And are there any particular implications that clients need to consider before they suddenly jump on and go, actually, Nick, we'll take someone from this location or this location as long as they've got the skills?
0: Yeah, there's there's, there's a ton of stuff around that, Nick. It's probably one of the most dynamic areas of global payroll. But certainly the first thing is that barriers to recruiting have absolutely gone down in that context. And we've seen that ourselves within Amedis and where we're able to deploy people and how you can build teams. I think what's really happened is something that would have happened naturally anyway, but it's been brought forward by at least five years. So this this isn't a, a forced evolution. It's just something that's been accelerated. In terms of jurisdictions and barriers to people moving across countries, like take a simple example like Luxembourg, something like over half the working population of Luxembourg commute in each day from one of four other countries. Wow, I didn't know so, that. You know those types of things you have to think about, and even even simple things like the employee has to have a bank account in the country in which they work. Well that's not true there. So why should that be true anywhere else? So having the flexibility to not have those constraints in the global model is kind of one of the things we've architected from the ground up. And that's going to be really important in future. There'll always be legislative constraints. Like in India, the specific constraints around having to have a director in country to be able to have direct employees. Like Those types of things will need to be carefully considered. It's not as simple as just dropping in and hiring somebody in the jurisdiction, but having, having an organisation that can help you with that as you continue to grow is, is really important. So yeah, the, 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 there'll be a radical shift in that recruitment landscape, So I'm sure you're, you're seeing already. Yeah,
1: seeing it already. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's, it's definitely coming it rapidly, as you say. A lot of people coming to us now, hiring people from locations they'd never previously considered, which is great. So we're going to open the vault.
0: Entering the vault
1: one piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now' the similar I was asked this
0: recently um, through a mentorship piece with uh, a couple of graduates it's probably just patience I think with particularly with payroll that there is a, a phenomenally deep skill set and just having the patience to actually learn that and understand where payroll fits into the end-to-end employee life cycle to have the time to grow that skill set. That's really important. So I think that patience piece, and it's kind of, the reason I think it's important is it can quite often be a paradox in payroll because you don't often have a lot of time and you've got something that needs to happen by tomorrow at 4pm and that's the end of it. But having the patience to work around that and find root causes where you can actually profoundly move the dial on something, instead of just sticking plasters over something, and then the same thing happening next month and having to remember that like having the patience to actually unpick things properly and permanently solution them i think it's good advice for anyone in payroll but i think in, in a lot of other areas as well
1: excellent fantastic so if you had the power of foresight or you could change the entire payroll industry with one action or improvement what would that action or improvement be Wow, well, well i get one
0: wish on this one
1: one wish
0: i would definitely drive for adoption of technology in both payroll but in the supporting processes as well. And just look, look. I would love to see more and more organizations looking at the end-to-end process from everything from applicant tracking right through to onboarding, right through to end of career with an organization and looking at that way more holistically and looking at how the different sections of that fit together. That, that to me, is the, probably the single biggest thing that can make a, a market shift in how payroll operates Um, And in the lives of people operating in payroll, but the people who are affected by it, which is basically everyone employed.
1: Yeah, sure. A quick question on the back of that then. I mean, are you seeing that happen now? Because I know from a recruitment perspective, we're seeing, particularly when we speak to HR professionals, that that we've never seen so much rapid digital transformation. It seems like every second call we make, they're undertaking some kind of change programme or some kind of digital initiative. Are, Are you seeing that from your side as well? That suddenly actually like a light bulb has gone off and everyone's gone, we need to get ahead of this now. We don't want to be left behind. We need to you know modernise
0: yeah ab- absolutely and and there's probably like i think there's two catalysts right the, the first one is the the hcm alignment so it, it's really hard to have good global payroll if the hr is in disarray yeah. because ultimately 60 65% of inputs come directly through the hr business processes typically so that's been a massive catalyst. And what that's unlocked is getting getting HR standardization, getting alignment of benefits even at a global scale for organizations. And that is a spectrum that, uh, of a journey that people are on. Um, that's really unlocked the ability to deploy good global payroll. And, and it's a little bit like a massive fan of Malcolm Gladwell in terms of Things like tipping point and like having the 10,000 hours and being in the right place at the right time, they're all factors. And I think Amadeus have been incredibly fortunate in terms of where we are on that journey. In terms of having technical debt, we, we haven't had that challenge. In terms of coming at exactly the right time in the evolution of global payroll, when a lot of the HR challenges for multinationals have been solved, or in the process of being really coherently solved, that's where we've been able to grab hold of that and actually continue to solve the extra piece of, or think of it the last mile, if you like, where you've half solved the HR piece. Yeah. But what then happens? What's the impact on the person and the pay? Um, we've been able to grab hold of that and, and evolve the whole thing. So it's been really, it's been really exciting so far, and I, I continue to see that happening on a, a massive
1: scale. So taking that one level further, I'm a global payroll person. I'm, I'm listening to this, I'm watching this at the moment. I'm thinking, right, actually, our HR function is, is is undertaking rapid digital transformation. I want to do the same. I'm excited what Richard's got to say. Tell me a little bit about Amidas. Tell me about, you know, if I'm a payroll person now, why why I should get in contact with you guys, and a little bit more about your your, your product.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I suppose first piece for us, more than anything else, is we, we solve the challenges and the complexities, and and a, a massive part of our ethos, both from a technology and service perspective, is simplification, and and you know as I said earlier, payroll can be really, really super deep and complex in some jurisdictions, but it it doesn't have to be that way for the end user. And what we've really done is is layering the piece that simplifies everything underneath, and um, it, it doesn't dumb it down. It, it doesn't get rid of the detail, which is is something that's not great for a payroll person to not have control and understanding of what's going on. It simplifies it down to the, the most standard normal form so that you can look across the globe, whether your remit is just a European region or whether it's including APAC or you've got some, some LATAM components to your remit, um, you've got a standardized way of doing things. And that's just been so important to being able to establish control, but also scale a global payroll um, and being able to do that in a way that takes away a lot of the pain on manual inputs as well, um, which is a big part of global payroll is actually the automation of input, as you said earlier. and That's where we really fit in. And then combine that with the service aspect and, and the support and guidance on everything changing at a global scale. The more globalized an organization becomes, the more subject they are to change um, and change that's not in not in their control. You've got, again, Luxembourg, a great example for a different reason, something like 46 legislative changes on average per year, not easy to manage. So having to grow a global payroll team that can do that, we've taken away that complexity. And that's really where we fit into the picture more than anything else.
1: Amazing. Well, you just described what is uh, the, well, in the age of Googleization now, right? It's a VUCA world where it's volatile. I think it's unpredictable, complex, ambiguous yeah, uh, It all, all kind of corresponds. I was thinking when I started my journey in recruitment 18 years ago, the, even the concept of touchless payroll then, you know, was just so far beyond. But even global payrolls, it was all domestic, all very simple, all very manual. And we've come an awful long way. And I think it's really exciting. The future of global payroll is exciting, and and the payroll professionals within it have a real opportunity to say, use that data, use the the, the advantages that RPA gives them to really drive the industry forward and raise its profile. So, Richard, fascinating conversation. Thanks for joining me today. Where can people find out more about Immediate? More about yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, imidus.com, uh, dive in. and um, There's a huge amount of good material there, a huge amount of white papers, um, advice and guidance stuff as well in terms of how to even embark on a global payroll journey. So absolutely. And um, feel free to reach out to me at any stage through LinkedIn or anything else if there's anything I can help people with just in, in and around global payroll. But technology generally, they, I consider myself to be a bit of a nerd. So if there are big challenges that organizations are looking to solve... Amidas can help with that, then then, then, reach
1: out to us. Um, that's what we're here for. Amazing. I will, of course, put all of the links in the episode notes as well. So if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, check out the show notes, go to the links. You can go straight through either to Richard's LinkedIn profile, very kindly, uh, provided, or the Amidas website as well, where there are a number of amazing resources. It just leaves me to say, of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this podcast or indeed watching it and you have a payroll related vacancy, it can be global and you want some specialist payroll support, then please do give me a call. I've been working in this space nearly 18 years and would love to help you. You can get me at nick at jgarecoupment.com or call my team on 01727 377. Just leaves me to say a huge thank you, Richard, for joining me today on The Payroll Podcast. I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the show real soon. Thanks again. Thanks, Nick. Real pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.